Let's see. Practice your meditation skills and get in the zone. It's hard because your meditation, you know, tells you to um, let your thoughts, like, flow out as they come. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard because I actually, like, need to remember those thoughts, maybe. Yeah, like, what do you do when no thoughts pop up? You become me. And P.S., um, if you hear a, like, howling cry in the background, I'm sorry, it's my cat, Simba. He's really, really upset that he's not allowed in the studio right now. Major FOMO. Major FOMO. This one, he's, like, super pissed that he didn't get the VIP pass. I'm sorry. It's just, um... Bush is the special guest, okay? And, you know, limited... Our, you know, our studio, we're, we're just starting. We're beginner phases. It's just a little <laughs> And And if you couldn't tell, there's no a divider between us. We're in the same room. We're in the same studio! <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, for those who can't see, yes, Sarah is, like, here right next to me. I'm a high school girl. Figuring. I'm in Texas. <gasps> What's the song that Sandy sings? Um, I want to go, go home. Ho, 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 ho. Bush, this is your part. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, there he is. Hi. But yes, guys, welcome. Welcome to the Red Rum and Red Wine podcast, the podcast where we talk about murder, mystery, mips, haps, <laughs> and our yowling creatures, our yelling little furry friends. Yes, my name is Kristen. My name is Sarah. Welcome. Oh. Welcome. <gasps> Bush, that is not the welcome that we were actually asking for. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Oh. He has FOMO and he's not even. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Okay. Welcome, guys. Um, so, yeah, we are live in studio together. So, hopefully, audio is good this time around. We made sure to stay in our little Harry Potter closet. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Harry Potter because Christmas. <laughs> Happy. What is it? Yulmas. <laughs> terrible witch i feel like there's like so many things you can say yeah happy that happy all of that and happy holidays happy kwanzaa (laughs) (laughs) happy holidays and uh yeah so do we want to talk about anything oh what we're drinking yes monday mimosas with Whoever wants to be right here. JK. I mean, technically it's Cooks, but. Yes, technically we're drinking Cooks. But do you love champagne? Do you love to give it away for free? Because we have two guzzles that love to guzzle it. Yep. So, insert ad here. This could be you sponsoring us. We don't have a taste preference when it comes to champagne. Besides uh, extra dry or brute. Yes, I'm okay. We do prefer brute and not going to lie. But I did have a rosé the other day. Yeah. Non-sweet rosés. Dry rosés can be it good. It was really good. Yeah. And it's pink. Oh, my God. It's so like cute. drinking the blood of my enemies. 
Oh, like that one I had um, that Nicolas Cage's dad makes. I remember you talking about yeah, that. Yeah, the yep. bottle is so pretty and it comes like wrapped in plastic and it's actually oh. good. It's not like a sweet rosé. Well, I mean, no offense to your taste if you like that. It's no, not bad. No, Fine. No, we're not. We just don't like sweet. So we don't like those. Um, that one was good. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Cha. Cha. So, yeah, we got some cooks. We got a little bit of OJ. We got uh, a little bit of White Claw. I don't know if I'm going to include the clip, but I took a sip. Kristen usually doesn't like. Oh, my God. White Claw, please sponsor. Wow. (laughs) Not bad. But, yeah. uh, Wow. They, like, listened to my advice, obviously, because it was way better than the last time I remember tasting it. Right. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Okay. But, yeah, are we. I'm going to try and be non-biased. It's hard for me not to, but it's kind of easy for me to with this case. Okay. It's it's a... So, like... We'll see. I can either be mm-hmm. super um, in the middle of things and take play the devil's advocate, advocate uh, but I can also be like, <laughs> okay. It's... I get very, um, like, what's a... I'm trying to think of a big word. I, I get like strong-willed, confounded, oh. confounded. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't. At the end of the day, yeah, this one's this one's a little rough. The ones are a bit rough. So for today, I am going to be talking about the murder of James Cotton Kelly, otherwise known as the Show and Tell murder. Oh, I don't know why I just got goosebumps. And it's like so, I how I pick cases, how my brain works is I will typically find one fact and I, it, it just like sticks with me. And I just think about that fact over and over and over again. So I guess like game, try to figure out which fact it was that fucked me up. I make it kind of a little obvious, but is there a drinking game I can play while you like, are you going to say a certain word a lot of times that I can drink to or I say so a lot, so fuck. <laughs> Anytime I say so, you're going to end up drunk. But um, that's, I don't know. No, because I, I don't say show and tell that much. Hmm. Maybe Sandy. Okay. <laughs> that's her name. I don't want to make a drinking game out of her name. Oh, yeah. Okay. Every time you say so, Every I'll time. drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. That's how it is in the voice. Every time Kelly Clarkson says navigate, Ariana yes. Grande and Blake Liter- Shelton take a sip of I guess it's their water. When I say so, and it's typed in here a lot. um. (laughs) I just look over (laughs) and say, so wow. So wow. Good luck with this game. You're actually going to be blackout. So before, (laughs) sorry, sorry. I really don't try. Before we get started, like, please, uh, I don't condone to this game because you actually will die. So responsibly. And if you're not. 21 and up don't fucking drink or uh, in other countries the drinking age does is different so 18 whatever it is whatever just don't oh my god speaking of other countries you know how we're always like we're from america (laughs) you know what i realized is that there's a north and south america like people from mexico can be like i'm from america we're from the united states i don't think it's like the same of america no. Yes. No. Yes. Because North- the United States is Northern America. South America is like Brazil and like Mexico thought- is part of, is part of like, no. Okay. Well, I was, I meant to say like Brazil or whatever. No. Because they can be like, I'm from America. 
no. Because they're South America. I guess, but no. Yeah. I have never heard a Brazil it's person not, go I know, from America. Because we've, like, literally Americanized United States. Exactly. And But I was just... Because I was watching... No, I think they have, like, more, like, nation... nation. I was watching a show, and the dude pointed it out on the show. He was like throwing out facts and was like actually it's not correct because there's north america and south america the u.s of a but america has done what america does best and colonized the word yes <laughs> or, exactly sorry, north america does what america <laughs> does best and colonized the word exactly <laughs> anyways just good a point, fun good point. point that i kind well, of thought it, it know, really made me think i was like well, you shit you need that type of thinking for this case because oh. Well, my not, critical thinking skills coming off the back burner. Not critical thinking, <laughs> I guess I should say. It's like, it's just really more of a mind fuck. Like, it just really left oh. me thinking, like, what? Okay, sorry. You guys are wondering what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah. So, our story begins with a woman named Sandy Shaw. Oh. Now, <laughs> Sandy Shaw, you know, lived a life in Minnesota. I didn't exactly look as to where. It was actually pretty hard to find a lot of articles that had any type of detail uh. <laughs> into her uh, early life. But what I did find about her early life was pretty shocking. So her parents did move from Minnesota over to Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have glasses. Sorry, I don't have glasses on because I want to look pretty. Um, so I need my iPad so I can read because I'm poor and I can't afford contacts right now. Please sponsor us. <laughs> don't sponsor us. Just leave. And what is that one contact brand that's always like advertised that you can like get through the mail? And... Right. <laughs> I just like I, I could get contacts. It's just um, without insurance, I'm too lazy to like go through the steps. Yeah. I don't know. Like, oh, fuck me. I it's I should. I just man. So her parents moved over from Minnesota on over to Las Vegas, Nevada, when she was around six years old. And it seems like she lived somewhat of, like, I would say a normal life, like a pretty average childhood, until she hit the age of 13. (laughs) That's when it begins for the most of us, okay? Yeah, but it's like... I was shocked when I heard her child. Like, it's not what you think. Oh. It's not what you think. So, it's not what I did. As it is Which not. Was like, meh. Yeah, we, it was not what we did <laughs> at all. Because when she was 13, she would become the witness to a grisly murder-suicide. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Not that what we were doing okay. at 13. Yeah. I thought you were going to say she, like, started working the started corner on the strips. Like, oh, on I the wasn't strip doing that either. <laughs> well, no, but you said it, like, anyway, oh, yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, no, no, like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I thought she, like, went to work on the corner. Yeah, no, no. It was uh, very much a shocker. So how I read it in one article that was written by Jack Sheen of the Las Vegas Sun He had said that in September of 1984, Sandy was actually spending the night with her best friend, Jessica Mullen. And from what I had read in the articles, I believe that the mom was actually on her way to get the girls out. Because as the article had described, the mom and Jessica's stepfather, Alex Eigd, had gotten into some kind of confrontation and were arguing the whole entire night. Mm. And so the mom was like, 
or the mom's friend Betty had gone to the girls and said, like, I don't think that this is a good situation. I think maybe it's best that not the right scenario for a sleepover for like two young girls (laughs) to be witnessing. Like it, it looks like it may get kind of like violent even. So we want to get them out. And it was when uh, Jessica's mom's friend Betty was walking the girls out of the bedroom that Jessica's stepfather, Alex, came and pulled a gun up and shot Betty point blank in the face. It was close enough to Sandy that, like, the blood and the brain matter was said to have actually gotten on her. Yeah. It... Whimper wompers. It was bad. Sorry, that's what Shaggy from Scooby-Doo said when he got the goosebumps. He said whimper wompers, so that's my new thing. It's just like, I can't even... And then, of course, uh, Alex goes on and kills another friend that had been there, as well as Jessica's mom. So, for whatever reason... And then himself. Obviously. So, it wasn't just a murder-suicide with... The mom and the mom. him. It oh, was my God. Two, it, so it was, she witnessed three murders and then a suicide. Holy crap. Oh. And for whatever reason, thank God the dad decided to spare them. I don't, like, he obviously saw them, so he knew yeah. that he was, they were there. Yeah. But he just decided to. Mm. Yeah. It, and it, you would think that that would be enough to traumatize someone so this happened when uh, Sandy and Jessica were just 13. And like, how do you start high school after that? Yeah. But, oh, my God. So and in, in a really interesting fact is that uh, Jessica's father, Stanley Mullen, actually helped build Caesar's Palace and this place called Circus Circus, which I... <laughs> I Sorry, I stayed there last year when I worked okay. at music festival. I never had heard of it. I've also never been to Vegas. So I've heard of Caesar's Palace, obviously, because like movies and stuff. Yeah. But I've never heard of Circus Circus. So he, the dad, apparently, with like some other dude, built Caesar's Palace and Circus Circus. Oh, and shit, so like, I stayed there last year. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy to think. So it's like, I don't know... It was traumatic, but it's like the Jessica's mom or not. Sorry, Jessica's Sandy's mom was very um, like, I guess, trying to be counterproductive for like the trauma that her child had or not counterproductive. Just our (laughs) Jessica Sandy's mom had really tried to like make sure that her daughter was all right after that. Like, I know that she did get put into therapy, but just six months after she witnessed this multiple murder-suicide, while I believe she was getting picked up from school, I forget what the article had said, uh, she witnessed a enraged boyfriend shoot his pregnant girlfriend just 20 feet from where Sandy was. Like, in a public random it, place? And it, like, it... She did not know the boyfriend or the girlfriend. It was just like a random act of violence that she just so happened to be 20 feet away from. And it just so happened to be six months after she witnessed this horrendous murder I would have been looking up at my angels and been like, yo, y'all are putting me 
in the wrong place at the wrong time too many times okay okay i understand that god has unfavorites but like (laughs) what the fuck it is just like she has hit some unlucky streak in life and of course this takes a huge she was 13 at the time of the original murder suicide i believe by the time that the shooting with the boyfriend and girlfriend happens she's 14 so like She's a teenager, and she's experiencing traumatic... Like, I have experienced trauma as a teenager. It is not no, to that not like degree. That, no. It is like, that is a very... We've had trauma. We've been unlucky, but yeah, not, not to like that, that degree. It Holy is crap. like, that is a... That's a layer. That, that will take something from you, for sure. That takes a, like, essence of your fucking soul. It's just like, it's, it's fucking... Yeah, it's like Wait. everyone around you is dying. Yeah, like, so she, of course, like, I read in one article that she couldn't sleep unless she was, like, next to her mom after that. It was, like, bad shit, and, of course, her mom is trying to help her. She, of course, obviously gets diagnosed with PTSD, but it's so fucking stupid because, okay, this is happening in the 80s. We don't know mental health at all, so the doctor's advice is to just prescribe her Valium. And she said in the articles that, like, she just became more numb to the situation. Yeah, like a zombie almost. And it's just like, what what do you do after that? Like, I took drugs for way less Yeah, I was was about to say, that could also become, like, addictive, too. Yeah, so it's like, and her doctor's just prescribing it and saying, it's okay for you to take this highly addictive. Like, I, it's hard to imagine the mindset, especially as a teenager how like fucked up my mind was as a teenager it's hard to imagine my mind would have been like hey i can sell this yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know me hey i can take this (laughs) well i'm like yeah i can take it and sell the rest (laughs) Uh, see i wish i had that business mindset no (laughs) but it so yeah she just uh, she's living a rough rough childhood oh my god to say the fucking least and it doesn't get any fucking better because Um. it really varies but what i from what i understand i'm so sorry my cat is meowing you just have to ignore him he really wants to be as do we (laughs) so the location varies but either way in the year 1986 shaw sandy shaw was just 15 in this time and she was either at a mcdonald's or a circus circus but either way, she's approached by a man named James Cotton Kelly. I know, Simba. And the reason that I say a man is because he was... he's, a, he's a man. She better not be peeking at my notes because he was... I'm not. Okay. Like, I want oh, to. I know. It's I hard. want to follow it's along, like, but I'm not. right in front. I know. It's so hard for you. Good for you. Cheers. But um, Practicing yeah. my self-control. He's 21. 21. Hitting on a 15-year-old. They're at Circus Circus. They're at, yeah. <laughs> They're not at McDonald's, And probably. it was, when I read it was at Circus Circus, it was like, apparently there's an arcade there or something. Oh, yeah. So, from walking around Circus Circus last Personal. year when I when I uh, worked day in Vegas, that's where they put us up. Because mm-hmm. it was right across the street from the place the festival was and fun fact i occasionally work music festivals for fun yeah anyways it's a really fun habit that i love about her as of you know most hotel slash casinos in vegas it's not just a hotel and casino they have gift shops restaurants 
arcades in circus circus on one of the floors like the second or third floor they had like a a bunch of like i i want to say almost like an arcade something where there was definitely an arcade but there's also like interactive things you could go do and pay extra money to like go climb something or and it makes so much sense because her friend literally her dad helped build circus circus so it would make plenty of sense restaurants bars yeah it's just everything you like the point is that they want to make it to where like you don't even have to leave the hotel to do a bunch of fun things but you can makes plenty so yeah i would assume i don't and i could imagine how cool circus circus was in the 80s because nowadays it's described as like a shit hotel (laughs) and cheap and um like what (laughs) That's so yeah because I mean honestly I I have not heard of Circus Circus and that's like why I assumed but like Caesar's Palace yeah knows yeah. about that one so yeah. when I saw that I was like wow but Circus Circus I was like that's so cool I mean it sounds like it would be a circus yeah. so yeah. I mean that's cool but it either way like in one article she had said straightforward that she was at a McDonald's and he approached her but then in another. She also said something else. Well, and I want to say there might even be a McDonald's, like, right next to Circus Circus. circus. Not in Circus Circus, but, like, right next to it. So maybe. But I could be wrong. And, like, who knows, even back in the day. It's just, either way, it was around that area. But she was approached by this James Kelly guy. And it's kind of hard to say how their first experience really was. Like, if they talked, what words were exchanged between them. But I know that either way, I don't believe that Sandy, like, gave her his number, her gave him her number or anything like that. Um, what it made it seem was James went to Sandy's friends and was like, hey, your friend's cute. Do you think I can, like, get her number? Ew. That's what you do as a 13-year-old boy or a fucking 10-year-old has, boy. He has the fucking, like, mind of a 16-year-old and is just like... Yeah, you're like... Hey, go tell your friend I think she's cute. Yeah. Instead of just being like, hey, you're cute. And sorry, like a trigger warning for any fucking high school trauma, but what the fuck does this 21-year-old man start harassing this 15-year-old girl for? I can give you one guess because it's definitely a fucking teenage motive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, my foot's asleep. Very good. Um, Was she really cute? I, I want to look up a picture of her, but... She's well. The photo that I saw was when she was out of her situation, but she looked good. Okay, she was pretty pretty blonde girl. She was a cheerleader. Oh, so guess what he asked for? Um, send me a nude. Yeah. Wait, how do you do that in the eighties? A fucking Polaroid. So how the one of the like fucking 70s serial killer probably did it or that 70s dating show serial killer that guy that oh the dating Antonio. show yeah, yeah. Ooh, richard, whatever richard ramirez yes. ah. he, he did very much like the um let me take a photograph of <laughs> so let's get in my van and i can take a photograph <gasps> like, it's like an artistic photo of you from my private oh. collection i was if it would have been the right guy maybe but i know i'm like thinking back (laughs) okay been there done that just talking about this before like not even uh well and also i was thinking the other day sorry to interrupt um but 
like maybe I think just on my drive to San Antonio, I was just like thinking about random shit. And I was just like thinking about when I lived in L.A. and these random creeper photographers would be like, let me take photos of you. And then I'd never see the photos. (laughs) And then the even just experiences that I have had with men in general, the amount of un like uh what am i trying to think what's the word of the uh, unconsented photos that have been taken of me like what's the word unconsensual photos <laughs> the unconsensual <laughs> the unconsensual photos that have been taken of me like yeah like the fo- yeah mhm didn't agree to that why is it on your phone <laughs> why is it there why do you have that why why is that on there i don't remember consenting to that at all actually so uh, yeah thankfully they didn't have fucking cell phones and like cameras right up their little hand so he had to ask the hard way he had to be like hey will you pose in a little artistic studio with me and take some tasteful nudes and her thankfully not having the self-respect that i had as a fucking 15 year old was like no no i'm not gonna do that because I don't deserve that. And right. you're not going to take these nudes of me. You're a grown-ass man. Good for her. I would have so been like, hmm. A 21 Maybe year not old when I was 15, but when I was like 16, 17. in me? Because oh, when I was 17, a 21-year-old wasn't yeah. interested. And I was like, hey. Oh, I very much had the daddy issues of older men go up on that. So it's, no. Thankfully, she was like, no, I don't want that. But very much like most... No, I don't want to say most. Very much like some men in the past who have been told no. They just want it more. They just they just don't hear and no. And they think that it means yes. They just they say no and they <laughs> like, say oh, okay. Oh, you're, you're just being cute. It's, okay. Uh, what is Barney? Challenge accepted. Barney? Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, oh I thought you were talking about Barney. Barney, no. like the purple. Oh my I God. was like, when did he say teaching that? Teaching and teaching children <laughs> to not consent. Mm, that was his goal in life. Yes. <laughs> no. So he's yeah. They just very much saw it as like a okay. Yeah. So what what did James start doing? According to these articles, he began stalking. Oh, stalking. Uh, yeah. It, I know you said it was a stalker story, but um, I was going to say harassing could be another word. Highly harassing. It So, like, they had home phones, you know, we yep. they didn't have cell phones or anything um, like that. Kids, if you don't know, there used to be a thing that, like, sat on your counter or hung on your wall that you had to dial numbers on. And you could, like, leave the little voicemail machine. Yeah. And then Aww. you would have to, like, rush home after school and delete the voicemail saying, like, oh, she sipped school. <laughs> and I remember our cord being so long, so I could be, like, across the kitchen yes. with a phone. <sighs> um, so are you drinking that one now? Should I open this one? Okay. You can have some. I'll sip that tiny bit. Um, yeah, it was just very much, like, they had the old home phone, and it got to the point where the mom had to, like, apparently disconnect the phone he was calling so much and it even got to the point where the mom went to the police and was like hey apparently this guy is harassing my daughter he will not leave her alone it had been going on for i believe around two weeks at this point and she was like uh can we do something to get this guy to stop 
talking to my daughter because I'm starting to get worried. And obviously, like, her daughter was on the verge of a mental breakdown before this. So I can only imagine now that she has this guy constantly harassing her. Not what she needs. Not what she needed at all. And, of course, what do the police do? Like, tell her to stop, like... Yeah. Tell her to stop, like... It's, egging him on or it's like, the fucking 80s and we don't have uh stalker laws and there's like basically nothing that you can do about it so like until he kills you or hurts you physically like nothing we can do bye bye and so she <laughs> it's it's <laughs> so fucked and it's like even even when we do get stalker laws, it is still very much like that. Like, I know we've gotten a little bit better of, like, you can show text messages. Like, I know one girl got arrested because she sent, like, a shit ton of messages. She went cray-cray. Ooh, a good thing. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, like, bad. But it's still hard. It's very much why I want to talk about stalkers is because of the lack of law that surrounds a lot of the cases that we read especially like when cyber stalking came into the picture like oh my god the cases that come up it's horrifying but with sandy shaw there was no hope for her in 1986 there's no such thing there's not even like a talk of what a stalker could even be so California, not California, sorry, Las Vegas, Nevada doesn't give a fuck about, like, where, who she is, how she is as, it like, in terms of a stalking victim. Well, and especially when it comes to a teenage girl, people just think girls in general, women in general, much less a teenage girl, what they say is, like, over-exaggerated yeah. or made up or they want attention or very much et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So <clears throat> very much not believing what this teenager is fucking saying. So she finds herself in a fucking conundrum. Like she doesn't know what to do. There's this guy, like she has witnessed two males in her short 15 years of life already commit super violent acts towards women after being in a supposed relationship with them so she is thinking the worst when it comes to a man who she is saying no to in terms of having like a romantic relationship with because there were a lot of uh notions in the articles that he was also insinuating like he wanted to have sex with her and so she just doesn't know what to do. The only help that she could think of getting has turned her down. And so she thinks of nothing else but to turn to a childhood friend that she has. So she turns to her friend, Troy Kell, who was 18 at the time and who she had met right when she had moved into Las Vegas. I believe that they had lived in the same neighborhood together. So they grew up extremely close and very much in a lot of the articles, uh, she would describe him as very much like an older protective brother type of figure. Okay, Like respectful. Yeah. Like, I don't think that it was any, like they were ever in any type of relationship or anything like that. It was very much like friendship based he was older he would look after her he kind of like guided her through the las vegas loops because i'm sure like coming from minnesota she had no fucking idea what could go on and then you go to las vegas and it's drugs and stay up all night and crying and and, oh yeah so it's 
very much like he guided her and like held her hand as she grew up. Aww. So she turned to him and she said, hey, I have a problem. I have a guy who isn't leaving. Like, I, like you would do like I have. I blah, what am I trying to say? I remember doing this with, like, one guy that wouldn't leave me alone. I would, like, talk to one of my guy friends and be like, hey, I don't like this guy. Can you just, like, tell him to leave me alone? <laughs> like, they took it a tad too far, but, uh, <laughs> like, it was very much that she just, like, wanted this guy to leave her yeah. alone. And, like, no one was listening to her. She was getting a little scared for obvious reasons with her PTSD. So she was like, okay, cool. Well, even without PTSD, it's like, yeah, be because scary. I, I, yeah. without PTSD, that is something that I have done where I've talked to even like a girlfriend where I'm like, Hey, I don't like this guy. Like you're more aggressive than I am. Like tell him to leave me alone or something like that. So it's just like, whatever. So she approaches, Sandy approaches Troy with a plan and they decide to go through with it. So, on September 29th, on 1986, Sandy calls James up and says, Hey, I will finally agree to go on a date with you, but I have a condition. I want us to pick two friends up on the way. Like, I don't know if she made it seem like, oh, we'll drop them off or what. Or almost like a double date situation. Yeah. Well, it was two guys Uh... that they ended up picking up, so... It's hard to make it seem like a double date. Or like so, a group hangout. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it makes it, like, in my mind, and it's hard for me to get information on the exact timeline or, like, what exactly was said. So from what I could come up with, I would assume that it was like, hey, let's pick them up. Uh, we're just going to take them somewhere. We'll drop them off real quick, and then we can go on our date. But plan that Sandy had made with Troy was that at some point Sandy would have to excuse herself either to use the bathroom at some point and I guess like they would uh be dropping them off kind of like far away so they would hit the outskirts of Las Vegas so when they hit the outskirts Sandy would say oh I have to use the bathroom she gets out and then when she walks about 50 yards away she's going to pretend that she has some type of ankle injury so that it causes the boys to get out of the truck or out of the car. And once they're out of the car, that's when Troy and uh, the friend that he brings will beat him up. So mm. the friend that he ends up bringing, his name is Billy or Dave Merritt, I read. And uh, Troy was 18 at the time and Billy was 17. So, And I also read Dave. Um, so I don't know which name he technically went by, but in articles I read both. Yeah, because he's underage, it may have been changed. Yeah. And, um, oh, fuck, I want to say, like, Dave Fletcher was his name. Yeah, because down here I read, okay, well, I don't know. So, yeah, in articles I read different things. Like, one article said Billy Merritt, and then another one said Dave Fletcher. So, yeah, I really don't know. He was underaged. I'm going to say Dave Fletcher because he does end up committing later crimes under that name. Sorry, spoiler alert. Makes sense. Uh, But in one article it said Billy Merritt, which I thought was really weird. That's why, like, this article was kind of hard to research because the uh, information was very, like just wishy-washy it wasn't 100 percent. it was very weird um 
But either way, it was the... So when Sandy agrees to go on this date with James, James picks Sandy up, and then they stop at the house to pick up the two boys. So the two boys are Troy and then Billy or Dave. I'll call him Dave. And when the three headed out... From what I read, it was like the Las Vegas outskirts, like right as it started to hit the desert part of Nevada. So once they hit the outskirts, Sandy started her plan. She said that she had to excuse herself to use the bathroom and faked an injury as she started to walk back. Like, fake trip over a curb at the gas station or something. Yeah, or like (laughs) the sand was too deep in one spot and she tripped over it. But instead of carrying out the rest of their plan, like they had talked about, when Troy and James got out of the car to help Sandy, as soon as James would go to reach to grab Sandy's arm, Troy would pull out a gun and shoot James. So from Sandy's description, she would hear one shot before James would fall and then she would hear three more shots. Now at this point, Sandy is now witnessed three people be shot pretty much right in front of her. Though this is the first time that Sandy is somewhat on the other end of the gun and she fucking freaks. Like, I feel like anyone would. Yeah. It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what just happened? Well, because that wasn't a part of the plan. It wasn't. <laughs> it, that's not, I think, what they agreed upon. Right. And as James falls, she just kind of like lets it sink in that he's he's gone. And it would turn out later in an autopsy report that he had been shot six times <gasps> in the head. Oh. Yeah. So... I don't understand where the sudden, like, rage came from, but it was very much a, like, rage-driven act. Yeah. And, oh, very much overkill. Overkill, for sure. Well, because, I don't know, there's something that makes you think about the complex of, oh, we're going to beat this dude up, and then it's like, well, no, it shifts to something then, way more serious well, it's like, and who brings, drastic. Who brings a gun to a fist fight? Yeah. Like, what the f- And then it makes me think of, like, so were Troy and David, like, not buff? Or, (laughs) Or, like, were they planning it from the beginning? It's kind of like, I will definitely try and, like, if I don't post photos here, I'll post them on Instagram and Twitter. But, like, when he first, when they first get arrested, like, he doesn't seem that scary. But then you see photos of him later on in prison, you're like, oh, he looks crazy. Like, I... Troy? Yeah, Troy. Uh, like, I wouldn't want to run into Troy. But I mean, like, I I, guess later on. You wouldn't want to be on his bad side, but he might have a, be a good friend to have. Who knows? You hear the right He's just like, it's what. It, I don't want to say everyone is all around shitty, but it makes this case hard because there's really no victim here. <laughs> there are victims here. Yeah. For sure. Well, Sandy, yeah. And. James, because he's now dead. Yes. But when you hear what Sandy does, I kind of like... Oh, shit. Well, it's very... That's why I I have such a conundrum in my little head, because I'm just like... It makes you think. 
because no one here was in the right. Everyone in this case did something wrong because instead of calling the police and doing anything, they simply take murder James, him. They, they murder him. <laughs> they take James Wallet. There in one article I read fourteen hundred and one I read a thousand. I'm guessing it was around a thousand dollars in cash that they found. They split it between the three of them, and they left the crime scene. Like, did they take the car? They took uh, James's car. So they took his car, took his wallet, took his cash, split it between all three of them, and then they fucking yeah. left. So if you were to just, like, come upon this little scenario from the outside, it looks like they literally got robbed. murdered him and robbed him. Yeah. And it would be so hard because... I doubt that any of their fucking DNA is in the system. Like, it would be super hard for them to figure out who it was if someone didn't fucking talk. Yeah. But, of course, like, I'm not telling you how to fucking murder. But, like, if you're going to murder, like, don't involve multiple people in your fucking murder. Yeah, and and do it in the 80s where ballistics and DNA and all that crap is not up to par. So. But these uh, these guys didn't hear the Red Rum and Red Wine podcast, so they <laughs> didn't get this advice. So the reason it becomes the show-and-tell murder is because after... I forgot about that whole thing. After killing James, allegedly Sandy and Dave would take friends... To go see the body of the now deceased James and brag about killing him. So the body was still just where they left it. Mm-hmm. So they, they literally it. No one called for help. I mean, like not like yeah. I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry, but not like James would have had any help at six bullet. Yeah, and I doubt they shots, had but a, like access to a phone. So. Yeah, but it's like they they didn't go to the police. They didn't confessed to their crimes they very much just like left it alone and it was going to be nothing so i assume they stopped for sandy to use the restroom fake a injury like kind of in a remote place obviously not like at a gas station yeah. like i kind of joked about but it was like the out like desert okay. outskirts like very much no one was around it they very well could have gotten away with it i think it like i don't like I said, I don't think that their DNA would have been in any kind of system. It's the perfect time to commit a crime like this because they don't have very much knowledge about DNA or anything like that. And the way that he was killed, like, he didn't technically touch any of them. It was his car that they were using, I'm sure. Like, it was the perfect crime for them to get away with it. But they're fucking teenagers and they're going to fucking blab. And it's it's shitty because... <laughs> You'll like there's one fact later on that happens and I get kind of annoyed because even though James may be this alleged stalker, like it makes you know better to kill him and it makes you know better to like defile him in the way that they yeah. do later on. So it, it's just like it gets annoying, but oh whatever, we're not the ethical police here by any means. <laughs> Don't look at me for being your role model. I am not that, but where was I? So, of course, because they are fucking telling drink, because I said so. (laughs) I haven't been following. Uh... Of course, because they have been taking friends. I believe it was multiple friends 
because there was a male at one point that was described at being the, uh, at the crime scene, but it was a female that went to the cops and reported that there was a dead body at this location. Oh, God. So within six days of committing the murder, police were notified and found the body of James Cotton Kelly. What a name. Yeah. Cotton Kelly. Funny you mentioned that. We'll get into the... Ah. <clears throat> so with multiple witnesses confirming uh, the events to police that both Sandy and Dave Fletcher had shown them the murder scene and that had they had bragged about the killings, police were able to easily arrest and convict both Sandy, Dave, and Troy because they were able to find that Troy was the one that pulled the trigger. During the trial, Dave Fletcher was able to receive a plea bargain, and because of the differentiations in all of the articles, it's hard for me to say, like, how long his prison term exactly was some say it was like 8 to 12 years um and then I'll get into like why it differentiates later but either way he was sentenced to like around 12 years in prison because he caught a plea bargain because he put Sandy Shaw at the scene of the crime when he was showing and telling off these body the body of James Cotton Kelly So, because of uh, his role in shooting James in the face six times. (laughs) Like, that's pretty good um, aim, because you imagine, like, the first shot, he would have fought. Well, I guess that makes it easier if he fell to the ground and you're like, bum, 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 bum. But, ugh. It's very, yeah, it's just very, like, cold and vicious. Yeah, like, in the head. Those details, like, over, very much overkill and not needed. So, Troy Kell, for the his role would be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. But his aggression uh, very much stayed with him in prison. And just a few years later, on July 6th of 1994, Troy would actually attack and kill an inmate called Lonnie Blackman. Uh, He would stab Lonnie a total of 67 times. Uh, while he had another inmate named Eric Daniels hold Lonnie down. And if, like, Troy being an aggressive asshole wasn't enough, he was very much a white supremacist. Oh, God. Because uh, while he was stabbing Lonnie Blackman 67 times, he was screaming. And more like shanking. (laughs) What but he was saying white power while he was because I assume him. Lonnie was black. Yeah, Lonnie was black. He was a black man in prison. Gross scoosies. It's it's I like and then it's so because of his hate crime that he committed against Lonnie because it's a fucking hate crime. He, I don't know if he was like given the choice. In one article, it very much made it seem like he was. He was sentenced to death, but he was given the choice. Do you want lethal injection or do you want a firing squad? Huh. <laughs> and Troy, of course, was like, I want to die by firing squad. Hell yeah. And, oh my god, I, I have Like, that's when you stand against a wall and they just fucking shoot you, right? Yeah, and you have five oh people. Oh my god. One, 
one uh, is a blank and they just shoot at you. So let me see. So I, I sorry, um, I'm just interested because that I've never really heard that as an option before. And I know it was a thing, but it, I wonder like. It was very much a thing. When it, because it's not anymore, right? Yeah. So that was my thing. So the nation's last execution by firing squad was in 1996. Uh, and when uh, his last like date that was set for execution was, I believe around 2003 but i or actually yeah it was around 2003 but i he had an appeal at the time and i believe that the appeal went through so i don't think that he's dead i think he's still in prison does that make sense oh yeah i'm just like shocked but it's so the reason that we don't do death by firing squad anymore is because of its like it's fucking cruel. <laughs> <laughs> it's very like Nazi. <laughs> it's, it's 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 just like very genocide. but it's, it's very much like um not only traumatizing to you know the person that you're killing but the fucking people that are shooting the gun oh, because yeah. they leave blanks to a certain amount so like no one technically knows who's pulling the bullet but like that's a mind game but that's that's like almost even worse because you're like i don't know but like you're fucking someone yeah you're like i don't know if i'm gonna kill him or not but i have to pull the trigger and then on top of that you're killing someone it's it's just like that person deserves time it's just all very uh messed up very fucked up very i don't believe in the death penalty so let's not do it (laughs) it's just my my view i I believe in it depending um, on the case yeah so i'm very middle with many of my views it's very depending yeah but no not for me (laughs) but with uh i know there was one other dude that also decided to go death by firing squad and he like also murdered a lot of like young girls so not also a good person at all and he very much wanted to die it was weird i like when i read that i was like, Ooh, I, feel like yeah, about that. I want five people to shoot me i just like i don't know how i feel about murdering people that want to die it's just like it's more just keep them alive yeah it's more torture <gasps> I don't oh know. well yeah i mean i agree <laughs> but most of the time they end up dying anyways so uh, it was so like that article that i read about um his last like them explaining why he wanted death by firing squad and the article it was just like very weird it made me feel a lot of things i'll leave Mm -hmm. it linked in the resources down below obviously if uh, you want to try and find it but (laughs) so he ends up getting sentenced to death but i believe to this day he's still alive he's just you know on death row you know how that thing goes they more times than not end up spending life in prison and be due to sandy shaw's role in the show and tell and the murder of james she was sentenced also to life without the possibility of parole and now here's where you think the story would come to a nice little clean close but it's not because if you haven't found a fact that, like, really blows your mind, it's because I haven't fucking said it yet. Because... I know. I was waiting for that one fact you mentioned. <sighs> because there's something that I left out. And um, when I f- found it out, it not only shocked me, it shocked the parole board. It shocked the entire Nevada state prison that held Sandy Shaw. And probably the entire state of Nevada when they heard about it. Because you see... 
according to a five page little like affidavit it's like a confirmation thing that dave fletcher signed yeah sandy shaw was never present huh during the show and tell part of the murder and she never bragged about the murders okay because according to troy and dave sandy had no idea that troy brought the gun she did not ask for james to be killed and she like basically when it happened she just like didn't know it was gonna happen had no control over it she was like okay bye (laughs) once it happened uh, I don't agree with what she did next, but oh. she just very much in her shock uh, went off and did what she did. And Dave ends up fucking her over by, in his testimony, putting her at the scene of a crime that she wasn't. Asshole. And getting her a life sentence in and jail. And he had never even met her. Never met her until that night. Now, <laughs> according, so according, oh, sorry. Now, according to James, or not, sorry. <laughs> According to Dave, because James David, <laughs> because according to Dave, he had some tea to fucking spill. So he said that when he was brought to Sandy Tra- uh, Sandy Shaw's preliminary hearing to basically confirm that she was or wasn't there. When Dave Fletcher began to speak his truth, the district, the chief deputy district attorney, Dan Seaton, that's S-E-A-T-O-N, if anyone wants to spit in his drink, (laughs) (laughs) he was not available for comment. Uh, He abruptly called for recess during the trial and uh, told Dave that, you know, he was not giving the answers that he wanted and that... If Dave did not start answering how this district attorney wanted, he would charge him with grave robbery or it was like this weird type of assault. Like mishandling of a corpse. Because Fletcher's a fucking asshole and he took his stepbrother to one of the like show and tell scenes. Is Fletcher... Fletcher is David. Dave, okay. yeah. Sorry. I call him Fletcher because it's just like, the, they always call him by the last name. Yeah. But he took uh, his stepbrother to the scene of the crime, and Dave's stepbrother took rings and a watch off of James's dead body, and then later sold it at a fucking pawn shop. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I see where the yeah. grave robbing comes in. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fucking like, and it... <sighs> Dave, you weren't, I, from what I believe, Dave was in the car when Troy shot James. So, like, They all didn't get out? No, from what I read, it was just Troy and James that got out to help Sandy. So, from what it seems, I don't know if it's 100% because these articles are so fucking finicky. But from what it seems, Dave was in the car. He could have easily easily gotten out of a jail sentence because he only ended up getting sentenced fucking 12 years and according to one article i think he only ended up sent like sent uh going to jail for four 
Oh, so it wow. Was, in one article I read, it was sentenced to 12, got out in four, but then some were like, oh, he was in it for the full 12. But I think they're just mistaking it with his sentence. Yeah. So I don't, he like was in jail for four years for this supposed part like accomplice yeah and the only reason that sandy shaw got sent to jail for life was because she did the whole show and tell bit which wasn't even fucking true which like i understand the guilt after the murder and sandy not doing anything yes she is guilty of something and that is a jail sentence whether you like it or not it's like at least accomplice of crime or fucking something like you watch someone die and you didn't help them you didn't report the crime like you need to be held somewhat responsible but to say that she did dave's crime and then give her life in prison and this guy only got four fucking years like oh that fucking shook me to my core yeah i would have been like Hello from my jail cell. What the fuck? By the time this happened, Homegirl had spent 21 years in jail. She had spent more time in jail than she had in fucking, like, out in the open. Out in fucking life. Out in real life. Out in real life. 60% of her life, one of the articles said. pushing 40. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, and we'll get into, like, her effects later. But it's, it's just, like, it's infuriating i'm i'm really upset hearing that like how sandy came out of this not angry brava brava yeah i she comes out not angry she like she even i like to hold grudges i I, i'm a petty ass not not like always and always (laughs) but i'm a petty ass bitch i would be so and she like at one point, she thanks him because she's like, if it wasn't for his testimony, I would have gotten out. And I'm like, that's fucked up! That's a fucked up way to look at it, Sandy! Wait, yeah. so his testimony wasn't for 21 years later? And I'll tell you why. He made... So, he, so is it because he lied at first? He didn't... Yeah, later, because he lied. And, and then, then he was up it, for parole and he told affa- the truth? No. Oh. No, he oh. wasn't up for parole. No, he was not up for ah. parole. Because... So, you know, yeah, it's hard to say why after, you know, like 21 years, I'm Dave Fletcher wants to sign a fucking affidavit saying, oh, I lied because, you know, like... I would like, I would love to think that for once a man's like, oh my guilt, oh my guilt, it's fucking killing me. It's not, it's never, it's, it's never, never that. It's, it's probably because. Unless they're hearing actual voices in their heads, like. <laughs> Unless they're like fucking schizophrenic, it's probably not gonna <laughs> not. Because, uh, you know, what really happens is, uh, coincidentally in 2008, uh, you know, Dave's past just like happens to catch up with him. Because, you know, since he only served supposedly, like, four out of his 12 years, instead of being a productive member of society, because, like, why would you do that with your freedom? No. Uh, he racked up attempted murder charges. Oh. Drug charges. <laughs> oh. Property crime charges. Mm-hmm. And if there is any irony in this case, it is right here. Uh, he picked up some stalking charges, too. Huh. Mm-hmm. Because his last charge, he was charged with kidnapping and sexual assault of a Las Vegas woman. I know, I mean, obviously it's bad if it's like a child or woman, but I thought you were going to say like a teenager. It's, it's, okay, I think why I get so mad about it is in one of the articles that I was reading, 
it's it's not that I think that there's a uh, victim here. It's just that I think everyone did something wrong, and we can all learn a lesson from everyone. But the way that they made Dave Fletcher seem when he, like, came and saved Sandy Shaw, like, no, he didn't save Sandy Shaw. He's basically the reason that she was put in jail in the first place. And in the article, it made it seem like Dave was like, my mom and my girlfriend, who then becomes his wife, and he was like, they were in the room, and they, like, super influenced my decision, and I was thinking about them, and I think he, like, maybe the girlfriend was pregnant at the time because he ends up having a daughter with her. And so they make him very much seem like a family man. And I'm like, no, he's fucking not. He's a monster. Like, every one of these people has some kind of fucking role because... Just because you impregnate a woman does not make <laughs> just, you a father. It doesn't, okay? like, make you fucking anything. And it's just, like, Ugh. of because when the judge basically, like, talked to him of his charge, he would be like, I'm not innocent and he's probably saying he's not innocent because he couldn't deny the 20 to 30 blows that he had sent to this woman's fucking head. But he would say, I'm not guilty of this crap, though, because his attorney would say there's no uh, like scratch of evidence to prove that he sexually assaulted this woman. He just hit her 20 to okay. 30 times. So I'm guilty head. of like murdering her or attempting. Uh, I'm guilty of like attempting to murder, murder her and but kidnapping I her. I did not rape her. But which, I, I did not have sex with that woman. woman. <laughs> which I get. I mean, if you didn't, you didn't. But if you did. Ugh. Which it seems like you did. <laughs> Like, like the worst of the charges are already happening and then to try and bring in the fact that he has a fucking wife and daughter to like make him more <gasps> humanized like no <clears throat> don't uh, don't do that to me don't because i don't fall for that if anything like i get more mad but yeah thanks to the testimony that dave ends up giving saying hey like sandy for real didn't bring bodies she or bring people to the crime scene she didn't want to bring people to the crime scene she didn't want to kill james she didn't plan to you know and troy said like she didn't know that i brought the gun she didn't know any of this good for troy yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like he didn't have anything to lose at that point he was on death row at least tell the truth (laughs) it's not like he was like saying it out of duress like oh i'm looking at freedom if i admit to this like he had nothing to gain or lose by saying this so it very much seems and i could i could very much see like sandy had no fucking idea she just made the mistake of after it happened she kind of freaked and she didn't she didn't didn't do the right thing or the right thing you know um because she's probably fucking terrified of probably getting in trouble which she did anyways and that's like i i don't know how many rounds go into a clip but like it very much could have been, like, if she freaked, it very much could have been a thought in her head that Troy could have turned the gun to her. Because it's so many factors. She, she wasn't expecting anyone to get killed. So when someone is randomly killed in front of you, yeah. and like, especially when she has seen people in intimate relationships and she knew Troy on an intimate She's relationship, even in if mind. it's not romantically, it's on a friendship level. Like, it could very much, very much, I could see her yeah. thinking, like, he's going to kill me. Even, like... Over that period of the six days when the police finally got that report from whoever, she probably was terrified for her life if she did open her mouth or 
or go to the police like she was next in her mind yeah it's it's really hard because like i was telling sarah kind of when i was like alluding to what the case was about there were definitely people that were commenting on the article that i was reading about how you know she was way more guilty than it seems yada yada and like i definitely don't want to like and this is why like i want to come not biased i want to give a non-biased opinion like i definitely agree that james is as much of a victim as sandy at the end of the day because <laughs> Sorry for no, saying... james... no 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 james is the one that died oh right yeah. fuck james uh... david troy <laughs> Who knows? Like, at the end of the day, James is as much of a victim as Sandy was at the end of the day because he ended up fucking losing his life. Like, you can't deny that he wasn't a victim of this. But to say that Sandy wasn't some victim in this, like, fucked up way, it's like she was really, it seemed like she tried all of her ways. And people would say, like, oh, she's crass or whatever. And I'm like, no, like. She asked for help from a friend, and she probably just didn't know that this friend was violent. And, it, he, like, he goes on to show that he is violent in nature because he fucking stabs another inmate 67 times in prison. So I I don't think that she knew who she was asking right. for help, but it it's very much, like, yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to say, but now that she had been locked up nearly half of her life over half of her life over 60 percent of her life she found herself released from jail of her experience sandy would say that i never got too depressed in prison because i never lost hope that one day i would be released i was denied parole on two different occasions for reasons that are hard to understand Uh, But I just kept faith that I could be with my mom again because her health had been really bad. (laughs) And suicide had never once entered my mind. I just had to get out so I could be with her while I still had her. (laughs) Oh, Sandy. During her time in prison, uh, Sandy did do a lot with her time with what she had she did earn a high school diploma as well as three associate college degrees and she even began teaching uh inmate other inmates how to use a computer or like teach computer class and she also regularly began to high lecture high school students on how one bad decision can impact your life And she would explain to them how, you know, she was a high school cheerleader, she had good grades, she had a seemingly normal life, and one deadly night in 1986 just completely took that away from her. Oh my. Today, Sandy, from what I read, was looking for a job, uh, though she was having a pretty hard time finding one. Um, But she hopes that she can someday rebuild somewhat of a normal life and help out her mom connie with her medical bills does she do ted talks Mm, i don't think so i don't think so it's kind of hard when i don't think that yeah yeah it's more like when you are like still found guilty inspirational (laughs) it's like not yeah it's hard it's it's like a different level which makes this case so like i'm telling you it's like, there's no true victim, but everyone's a victim. Except for fucking Dave and fucking... What's-his-face? Troy. James. 
Oh, Troy. Well, it's like, and then... Well, okay, so you could see them... So, devil's advocate here. You can see them as victims because Troy obviously has his issues. He's troubled, and so he's a victim of something wherever it stems from, but that doesn't excuse anything. And uh, David sounds like he was just probably a dumbass and going along for the ride and wanted to be like, yeah, let's beat this motherfucker up. And he was just a dumb teenager and being like, oh, look, a dead body. But (laughs) it's like funny because again, and it's like, you don't know these people that are commenting, but it's so funny how people will comment and be like, I knew James in high school and like he could get any girl that he wanted. It was so weird for this girl to be saying that like, he uh was like harassing her or something well, like yeah, that but, but i'm point, like you, you never key, know people you don't you don't you and keyword you knew him in high school and this happened when he was 21 if you knew me in high school congratulations i am we're not the same <laughs> i am a whole different person than i was two or three years ago yeah um god like it it does mm. yeah it's, period it's just, <laughs> it's just like very i don't know so it's it's weird like obviously a lot of people have their opinion their own opinion on this case and it's so very sketchy because you have a girl that according to her like she has very valid credentials i don't know if i i couldn't find any like police report of her like going up to the police and saying hey this is what was happening to me but she was getting harassed to some extent to where she thought like i need to go to the police and ask for help and if they're telling her no then like yeah, I could understand if you're scared and you make a dumb decision because you feel like you have no other option left. It's just, it's like very, but at the same time, like that didn't mean that James deserved to die by any means, right? So it it like it makes this case and such a like mind boggler. Yeah, and and in middle school and high school, they teach us certain things, even the extracurricular like homework, whatever. It's all bullshit. You need to teach us what a credit card means, how what it means to have one. You need to teach us what it's like maybe to handle, like, crime situations, um, how to, like, report something, how to, what like, it, what it means trouble, to yeah. be in trouble and what the right steps are to take because... We don't teach people how to, like, live life. Adolescents, <laughs> when they get in trouble, the first reaction is fear. And well, they, because... they react out of fear. And that means that they do, they make decisions that probably aren't the correct ones but they're trying to do it because they don't want to get in trouble and even when it's something super like simple like not as extravagant as murder even if it's something way less drastic drugs drugs (laughs) fucking speeding tickets getting pulled over like little little things that are pretty normal we don't know how to handle these situations because we're not taught. Yeah. Like, I watched cops growing up, and that still didn't help me. I got. I thought telling the cop that it was pulling me over, I thought being honest with him about my 1.3 grams would help me. <laughs> Did it? No. No. It got me in jail. <laughs> it sent me to jail. Anyways. But it's just, yeah, it's like we don't. And to say, like, Sandy got life in prison at 15, so she was tried as an adult. This is very much, like, we're putting adult decisions based in the hands of a teenager. And, like, I I understand that a life was taken and, like, why the gravity of being tried as an adult happens. But when you hear the full detail behind why Sandy was 
motivated to do it, that she didn't know that they were killed, that Dave had a lot more in his role than he let on, and he ended up getting four years for it while, like, she ends up sitting in... It's just, like, it's so... It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Did I end up mentioning that Dave is now, like, rotting in jail because he got life in prison for that last uh, assault? Because he is. I don't... Well, so. he is. Unless so you can... like said it really quick, I and I was like, "I probably did," but we can feel better because he ended up getting life in prison for that. Okay. Because like, so he is now at, like in prison. Both him and Troy, I believe Troy's still alive in prison. Dave in prison because the judge is like, "You've proven that we have like letting you go, and you haven't rehabilitated. You, you are a re-offender, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yes. So he's like, "You're getting life in prison." And now Sandy is out, and she is trying to rebuild her life. Um. Kelly's brother, so James's brother, George Theod, was shocked when Sandy was initially let out. Um, he said that he was hoping that Sandy would actually stay in jail for, like, at least 40 years. Um, and if you caught a difference in their last names, it's because, yes, they did have two different last names. Wait, Who? James Kelly okay and his brother George Theed I believe I'm saying that right and it was not because they had different dads uh James Cotton Kelly was actually James Cotton Theed and he was actually a Canadian citizen who was under investigation at the time for drug smuggling by Canadian police I don't think that the guy that was leaving that comment in that article knew that but (laughs) Yeah, his mother, father, and uncle, and maybe the brother, I don't know, uh, were all federally indicted for drug smuggling and used the alias Kelly. <gasps> so that's where James got his name. Huh. Uh, that's just a really, really interesting fact. It's like a cherry on top the just ter- for funsies. Like, just what? for funsies to throw that on that, uh, yeah, James was also a big part in the drug smuggling ring so like it maybe it makes maybe it makes sense maybe it doesn't but it like all around i read one fact and it stuck with me and then i started to dig and it just like got bigger wow like yeah when you really uh get into the facts of this case and the fact that it's so hard to find like a really solid like timeline information yeah Bush. it's oh Oh, wow. Yeah. Hope hope I hope I entertained because if you are a teenage girl woman, please be careful. Please email us before you do anything. Just please. Like, I know attention from boys is really nice, especially when they're older. And it seems really cool. Um, And but luckily, Sandy had that intuition of it not being right, of it being creepy so I'm not saying she was wronged for like thinking, uh, but yeah, a lot it's like of you're damned if you do. You're a lot of us don't see the red flags, and a lot of us don't see the creepiness. It, we just see it as flattering and attention, and so um, just just keep your eyes peeled and keep your alerts up, mm-hmm. man. 
Yeah. Thank you, gotta, you Kristen. Yeah, you gotta be careful out there, guys. It is a fucking. I'm glad I'm not a teen- teenager anymore. It's same, especially now. No, no, thank you. No, with the. Ugh. Oh God, yeah. I'm just thinking of high school, and it's like I'm traumatized already. Okay, so yeah, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed. It really boggled me. It the it. I thought about this for a while. So let us know your thoughts if uh you want to talk to us. Just be. Send us a little email, you know. Hit us up on socials at R-A-R-W podcast. Yeah. Email us at redrumandredwinepodcast at Mm gmail.com. And until next time. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers to not fucking being a teen anymore because fuck that. Oh, my God. Cheers to adulthood. I guess, but not really. (laughs) Cheers to our muscles. (laughs) Well, I don't have muscle, but... Tattoos. Like you want a girl that's tatted? (laughs) Count me in.